Welcome to an NRL.com podcast. Uh, change of uh, lineup this week. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'll be your host. Brad Walter, NRL.com senior reporter, is with me for this one. Brad, how are you going? Yeah, I'm going really good, Chris. Just uh, can't wait for the footy to come back. I think we're all in the same boat. It's been a big day today. There's been press conferences from PMs and um, announcements from premiers and a few little rugby league relevant bits and pieces. We're still just processing it as we head into our home studios at the moment. But um, Brad, what are the the nuts and bolts of it? Well, I think the key developments are that the Queensland Premier has given permission for the Titans, the Broncos and the Cowboys to remain in Queensland to train uh, and, and prepare for matches and She's also mentioned that uh, she said she's speak, spoken to Peter Blandis and she's uh, talked about, um, or she suggested that um, some of those Queensland teams are going to host um, games on the weekend of, of round 28. So it's a bit of an insight that we hadn't seen. Uh, also, the Warriors are due to fly to Tamworth on Sunday. They're gonna, it'll be uh, Tamworth Airport will be turned into an international airport and the, the Warriors team will fly there and they'll be... Um, They'll be there in isolation for two for at least two weeks, and they'll use that as a as a training base. The details are still to be um, ticked off on, I suppose, you know, for final uh, or for, for formal approval. But it's all, um, you know, it, it's now being talked about as if it's it's definitely happening, and um, and that's that's a really good thing as well. And I think also with the prime minister today saying that some of the restrictions are going to be loosened as of next weekend, uh, and, and there's talk about the Trans Tasman. Um, bubble between Australia and New Zealand and travel between the two countries. There's a possibility now that the Warriors will be able to return home at some stage uh, and, and host some matches over in Auckland as well, which is uh, which will be really a really good thing to see. So like you say, nothing sort of 100% concrete yet, but all positive developments in terms of um, borders and, and teams hopefully getting in and out of where they need to to get from. Um, fingers crossed that um, border security processes that stuff for the Warriors uh, as soon as possible. And yeah, the, the prospect of potentially uh, the Queensland teams being able to host games as well is uh, is massive. We're kind of thinking even if they could stay at home and train, they might have to all come down to Sydney for games, but not necessarily the case. Yeah, that's right, and and uh, and significantly as well, the players are all going to be at uh, attend um, their training venues on Monday for for meetings. When all the details about the biosecurity and the processes that they're going to need to go through in the lead up to and uh, and when games resume, um, that that will be outlined to them on Monday, and they will be um, expected to be back in training sometime next week. Yeah, there's all been a bit of conjecture about that as well with the negotiations with the RLPA. I know even as we uh, speak at the moment, Clint Newton from the RLPA is about to provide an update to uh, to some reporters on how the conversations went today. So wait and see how that pans out. But um, hopefully they, uh, they're they all on deck on Monday to receive the, the biosecurity updates and then back in training shortly after that. Yeah, look, and the way I, the way I look at it is it's like a, it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle trying to put get the NRL resumed. There's so many, um, so many pieces that need to be put into place and most of them are, but it's just the final big ones that are being put into place now. And, and you can't move too far. You can't move ahead and to, you know, or eat, there's a process and uh, each piece of the puzzle uh, needs to be put into place before the next piece of the puzzle can be. And pe- there's a bit of impatience and maybe, you know, people need, uh, need to have some, a bit of faith. Uh, and, and just, as I said, be patient. But, you know, there's um, talks going on with the broadcasters. Um, it was only decided, it resolved um, 
recently that, that it will be 20 rounds and we know the length of the season, we know when it's going to start and when it's going to finish. Um, obviously, a draw needs to, be, needs to come out. That's going to take time. Um, you know, as I said, the negotiations with the broadcasters will relate to how much money uh, the players will receive. Uh, the biosecurity measures are being worked out with the government. So those details can't be um, finalised or passed on until, until, um, until that occurs. So it's, you know, again, the, the issues with the borders, um, we've only heard from the Queensland Premier this afternoon. We're still waiting to hear from, um, from, uh, from Border Force. Um, so there's a few, there's, you know, it's, it's just a process, but the pieces of the puzzle are falling into place. And, I'm, and I've got no doubt that um, over coming days and, and certainly before the competition starts, everything will, will work out, uh, you know, as, as has been suggested. Mm, certainly been a lot of conjecture from various quarters that the players have copped a whack in various parts of the media for being money hungry. I saw a, a tweet from Joel Thompson saying it's not really about money. It's just about wanting clarity on, on what's happening before they commit to anything. It's um, sort of a lot of opinions going back and forth at the moment. Yes, yeah, and that's fair enough from the players wanting to know what's going on, particularly the Warriors players. I mean, they're being asked to get on a plane, fly over to Tamworth, and they don't know, um, first of all, you know, they do need to get clearance to do that. But secondly, when they come over, they don't know how long they're here for, um, how much money they're being paid. Uh, you know, there's a lot, all of those. What sort of, uh, um, secu- what sort of uh, you know, biosecurity measures will be in place? How long for? Will they stay in Tamworth? Will they come to Sydney? When, when can their families come over? Um, when can, will they be able to go back home? And, and nobody can really give them an answer at the moment. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a work in progress and it's, it's, it must be really difficult for them and it's under, understandable that they want some answers. And I don't think it is all about money. They just want to know, um, you know, what are their lives going to be like for the next couple of months, you know, for five months really, you know, until, until after the... Uh, the, the grand final on October 25. So mm. yeah, these are, you know, these are issues that are just being worked through. As I said, it's a, it's, it's a giant jigsaw puzzle and um, people need to be patient. But every time there's what, you know, we move one step forward or we, one development occurs, everyone wants to know what, what's next, you know, and, and right, understandably, everyone wants to know all the parties involved want to know the impact it's going to have on them and, and how it's going to affect them. And that, mm. you know, maybe the game's not in a, in a position to be able to say for sure until they've, they've sort of sorted out another aspect. Yeah, and it's um, it's not just going to be 17 of them coming over. Obviously, it's the extra staff and probably 30-odd players because if they are going to be here for five months, there's obviously, you know, injuries and form and that sort of thing. If they're going to be given a you know a reasonable chance, they need to have pretty much their, their full NRL squad here. So there's a lot to, to go into it. But assuming that the training, training does get underway next week, um, players have mostly been training in isolation. We've seen, you know, on, on their socials, you know, doing their, their weights in their own garages, that sort of thing. What's training? going to look like do you do you foresee something resembling normal squad training with with structures and opposed sessions and that sort of thing or how far away are we from that well I, I, the prime minister um scott morrison today he was talking about community sport and he was talking about community about community sport starting with groups of 10 uh, in sm- small group training groups of 10 possibly um after next Friday, so in a little over a week. So I don't know whether that's how um, the NRL will come back or whether the players will be able to go straight into, you know, full training as we've seen before. But one thing I do know is that the players are going to be pretty excited to actually yeah. get back and to, 
do some training. Um, it, it must be, I know, I know guys have been um, doing a lot of work. There's not a lot of other things you can do besides exercise at the moment. So I've got no doubt that most players have been maintaining their fitness, but um, it's, I think it's a lot better when you're able to train with your teammates. And, uh, and I'm sure I've got no doubt. And I also think that um, players are really going to appreciate training. Um, they talk about, you know, especially when we get to the start of the season, players have had a gutful of the, of the off-season training and the pre-season. But I think this is going to be completely different. It's obviously going to be a short, you know, three weeks, basically, to get themselves ready for the... For, for round three and um, uh, you know, and it's going to be a different sort of season ahead. And I think they're going to have to hit the ground running. I think there's going to be a real anticipation, a real, real excitement amongst the players and, and the coaching staff about what lays ahead. Obviously be a, a high focus on their, their fitness levels in terms of not just, you know, their, their cardio and whether they're fit, but also things like, you know, soft tissue injuries, you know, Achilles and hamstrings, that sort of thing when they, they do get thrown back into it because it'll be a fairly short, sharp uh, training period before the game start, but you don't want a, you know, a bunch of strained hamstrings and torn Achilles uh, before the game start as well. Yeah, there'd be no doubt there'd be a lot of preparation from the, um, the strength and conditioning coaches and the, and the, the fitness coaches around, um, what you know, the, what the training program will will look like for the players, and you know, probably if there is a danger, it probably is that some people will be a little bit too excited and might go a bit, you know, too hard too too early, and there is the potential for injuries there. So coaches will need to hold players back a little bit, I suppose. Um, you know, I assume a lot of next week will the first week of training will be around the testing, you know, to see how fit players are to see. Uh, to see where they're at and then really try and develop the training programs for, you know, for the coming weeks ahead of, ahead of uh, their opening games. The flip side of that, obviously, is all the players who were injured before the lockdown happened. You look at, you know, the Sharks and almost their whole back line was out with short-term injuries. Bronson Sherry, Matt Moylan, Josh Dugan. You know, look at Reid Marnie, who, who broke his foot in round two and he's potentially going to miss hardly any footy. You know, Kieran Foran's gone from missing almost all of the season to potentially being back by not too long after round three. And there'd be countless other examples as well across clubs, players who are out for a reasonable period. You know, Cam McInnes will be back for certainly round three and, and Corbin Sims, so good news for the Dragons is there's a whole lot of them. Yeah, there's, I mean most teams are going to be at full strength or, or very close to it, aren't they? So um, that's yeah, that's, a, that's probably another benefit of this, uh, of this rest that we've had and, and there's going to be a real battle for positions it's going to be really interesting as well with, the, with no New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup um, so as you mentioned, there's going to be big squads possibly up to you know, 30 or 35 players that are going to be training, but only 17, 17 is going to be able to play each week. And then it's, so how do the, you know, obviously there's going to be a real, a real intensity, intensity and real competition um, for those positions, but also coaches are really going to have to manage, I suppose, the egos of players, um, you know, who are going to be sitting on the sideline because there's no, they're not going to be getting a game. And then the other thing that coaches are going to have to manage as the season goes on is you don't want, a player sitting on the sideline for months and not having any football at all. So you're going to need to rotate mm. your squad around because, you know, as I said, you don't want a guy sitting, sitting around for eight or 10 weeks without playing a game and then someone gets injured and suddenly you need to throw that, that, that player in. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to have to find a way to be able to give those players a taste of football. And, um, and the, only way, the only place they can play is in the NRL. 
Yeah, exactly. I um I interviewed Billy Britton from the Dragons today uh, over the phone, obviously that young going up on NRL.com over the weekend. And he uh, is a guy who played round one and round two off the bench because Cam McInnes was out injured. So he was supporting Isaac Luke and um, McInnes obviously back for round three. So he's potentially back to biding his time and is in that situation you just described with no Canterbury Cup to, um, to press his claims. And he was saying he's going to have to treat every training session basically as if it was a, a match and, and treat those opposed sessions like that's his, you know, his big chance to impress the coaches or at least prove to them that he's fit and ready to go if another um, opportunity arises. And there's going to be guys at every single club in that sort of situation. Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably, again, you know, suggests that we're going to see some really intense training sessions and, um, you know, which, as I said, you know, players are eager to get back into it, so um, they're going to want to rip in. But then, yeah, there's also going to be a whole bit, you know, there's a there's big squads now that aren't, of players that aren't going to get a run on the weekend. So that, so training is the only chance that they can impress. It's where they're going to, um, you know, where they're going to exert all their, their energy as well. Um, and, and so I think we're going to see some really intense training sessions and we may see some injuries, but I suppose we're going to have also have a, a depth of squads now. So it's, it may not be uh, as big a deal if, if it's, you know, provided it's not a serious injury to a key player. Any thoughts on the postseason, Brad? Obviously, the grand final moved back a little bit, and now the Origin series is is after that. So pretty much in November, there was originally a Kangaroos tour scheduled, which you would have to think is looking unlikely now. I don't know if the the Pacific nations get involved with some internationals at all, but it'll be very different to what we uh, originally were expecting. Yeah, well, undoubtedly it will, because as you said, with the season being pushed back, so grand final on October twenty five, and then three Origin games in early to mid. November. Um, I think that still leaves a bit of some room for the Kangaroos to play. Uh, you know, I, I imagine they'll play New Zealand. They play New Zealand every year. I think that's a contractual commitment. And, and uh, so I, I expect that the Kangaroos will play New Zealand. And I think that while um, the State of Origin is going on, there's an opportunity there for the Oceania Cup, um, which was already scheduled for the end of, end of the season. And the Kangaroos weren't in it. So I think there's an opportunity for that to go on simultaneously um, with those State of Origin matches. I'm really excited about the prospect of State of Origin being after the season. And I really like the fact that the NRL Premiership that isn't going to be affected or interrupted by State of Origin as it, as it always is. Um, and we're just going to see teams, you know, make, continue their momentum throughout the season. Um, you know, they're not going to lose players. Every team's going to be at full strength or as close to full strength as, as possible for every single game. And then we're going to go into state of origin. It should be players in form um, in, in those origin games. Um, the fact that there's no, they don't, the players involved won't have to worry about club commitments or club football. So it's effectively going to go into camp. It's going to be like a, like a kangaroo tour in, in many ways. But you're going to have the Queensland and the New South Wales team. I mentioned big squads in camp playing three games. So it's going to be, you know, it's like going to be like an Ashes series. Um, which, which I think will be really good. And then out of that, I imagine that we're going to pick a Kangaroos team to play, say, well, to play New Zealand, definitely New Zealand. I don't know if there'll be anyone else. But in New Zealand, hopefully, will have been involved in an Oceania Cup uh, tournament where they play, um, where they're going to be up against Tonga and Fiji. So, um, you know, they should be battle-hardened as well. I'd imagine if you're not in those origin squads, you're pretty much zero chance of making the kangaroos squad. But I guess the, there's an argument that you, you should be getting into an origin squad before you get into a, a kangaroos squad anyway. 
That's right. It's a, it's a natural process, really, isn't it? Yeah. And and you look, it's going to be really difficult to make an Origin team if an Origin squad if your team's not in the finals as well. That's going to be a real, you know, that's going to be some something, and that's going to be a dilemma for the Origin coaches. Mm. Uh, you know, there may be some, you know, some star players whose teams aren't in the um, aren't in the finals, and it's like, how do they pick a guy who hasn't played for, you know, possibly four, five, six weeks? Yeah, um, well, to, to play Origin. It's a it's a really interesting point, and I was thinking about this today because you are going to have players in those Origin squads who haven't who are in that situation. Like the Queensland, almost have to call on assuming they're fit, Jai Arrow and potentially Jared Wallace. And most of us don't have the, the Titans in the finals. You know, if say Manly have a bad year and miss out, can can they, can New South Wales really not pick either of the Travojevic brothers? You know, there's going to be players. You know, if Knights miss out, you still have to pick David Clemmer. Like there's going to be players in that situation and then potentially um, I mean say Broncos, Cowboys and Titans all miss out which they almost did last year then Queensland's going to have you know half of its most important players not having played in, in four or five weeks that's going to be interesting they're going to have to go into if that was to occur I, I imagine Queensland will have a huge training camp and they'll be basically playing games against each other to mm. try and maintain their match fitness and try and uh, pick the squad I mean the other thing is we always see with the you know the kangaroos are usually picked after the grand final, and there's you know nearly always there's a someone who plays their way into the kangaroos team who you might not have thought of before the grand final because they had a cracking game. And this time we'll see guys doing that for state. There'll be guys picked for state of origin who who probably um, you know weren't really in the mix, but you know had a blinder in the grand final. Absolutely. Uh, changing tack a little bit, uh, the signings tracker hasn't had a lot of updates this week, but I did see Jaden Sewer um, activated a, um, a clause in his contract. So it's all been a bit quiet on the signings front, as you'd expect, given the uncertainty, but there's still a few little bits and pieces floating around. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see, that's going to be another thing that's going to be different. I don't think we're going to see the mid-year movement that we've had in previous seasons because June 30 is not far away. Um, yeah, sure. There's going to be some unless we, you know, unless we have there's a, there's a whole bunch of injuries early in the in the opening rounds or the first few rounds. Um, you know, teams are at full strength, as we said. You know, everybody's fit, um, everyone's back, and players aren't players who aren't uh, aren't playing. They're not really going to get a chance to to prove their wares to other to other clubs, and other clubs also aren't really going to be looking for players. I wouldn't imagine. So yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of. Uh, mid-season uh, movement, but clubs still need to fill, uh, I think, you know, as, unless something changes, clubs still need to fill that 30-man squad by June 30. Well, yeah, I mean, potentially, you know, we may, not that we're expecting it at the moment, but we may see that um, deadline moved around if clubs, if there's enough clubs in a sort of a, a tricky sort of situation, but um, you would imagine that they're going to need to get to 30 eventually, and there's going to have to be some sort of movement at some stage. Yeah, possibly. Or, you know, there's also scope, isn't there, to sign players now who who are uh, outside the NRL, maybe players from rugby union. Um, there's, you know, there are players that have that, that were contracted to play rugby union in Japan, France, places like that who, who are, uh, you know, now available. Um, we could see them come in. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how that'll work with salary caps and money. And then, you know, also, you know, the super, there's a bit of uncertainty around the Super League as well and how that's all going to work. Um, sport's been banned in France until late in the year. So the Catalans, uh, they're, going to have to go, they're going to have to leave um, France and play somewhere else. So that's a rule. James Maloney move home yeah. and get a, a NABA deal somewhere or, or something like that. 
yeah, like yeah, who knows? And there's there's a well, there's a lot of Aussies there. You know, that's yeah, that's got yeah. to be a possibility, I suppose. If and I'm sure that if a player wanted to come home on compassion, the grounds would be pretty hard for a Super League club to say no um, to them as well. So yeah, I, you know, I think we could see that, but then not too many clubs are really desperate to, you know, because their their rosters are healthy and. Um, True. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's it's one of those funny things where, in the past, if you had that opportunity, you'd love to see clubs clubs would be clamouring over players. Um, but at the moment, you know, they're all they're, their squads are pretty full, they're healthy, and, and they don't know what the financial situation is. So even though players may be available, um, clubs might not be necessarily wanting them or in a position to be able to sign them. Sure. Now, we on NRL.com have been running our Simply the Best poll during this uh, coronavirus lockdown position by position. The, um, the the best players of the Simply the Best era. So when that Tina Turner campaign came in around about 1990. Um, last week, the poll was on the best 5.8s and we had an absolute landslide, Victor. Um, Darren Lockyer taking it out pretty easily ahead of uh, Brad Fittler in second, Laurie Daly in third, um, Benji Marshall, followed by Cliff Lyons. And then a bit further down, you had James Maloney, uh, Kevin Walters, uh, Gareth Witter, Kieran Foran, and Trent Barrett. Yeah, some some really good talent there, obviously. Um, but yeah, Darren Lockyer for me, like that's who I would have voted for. I think he's, um, you know, possibly probably the not only the best five eight of that era, but the best five eight of any era. He's certainly one of the, you know, one of the best players I've ever seen. Um, he was just such a match winner. Um, the way he directed the Broncos, Queensland, and Brisbane, uh, and, and Australia around, uh, it was he, he wasn't just you know it wasn't just when he was the captain, but mm. just the way that he was able to to, to yeah direct his teams. Um, I think the the great Queensland era that we saw, or the the domination in State of Origin, he was the driving force behind that as as a player. Mm. You know, he he was the captain. He was the five eight. Um, you know, the team evolved over time, but um, but you know he he was the guy that sort of uh, that led the way for the team. Won a lot of clutch matches uh, for Brisbane and for Queensland and for Australia. Um, and, and you know yeah, that's a deserved honour for Darren Lockyer. Absolutely. And the poll this week is uh, on the halfbacks. Now, a few pretty handy names didn't even make the um, the top 10 list. The uh, the also-rans include uh, Adrian Lamb, Marones and Papua New Guinea legend. Uh, Scott Prince, a, a premiership winner with the, the Tigers and an origin player. Um, ben Hunt, another origin and test player. Mitchell Pearce, who's played 19 times for the Blues and another premiership winner. Um, John Simon, another fantastic player. But the, uh, the top 10 in no particular order... Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, Daly Cherry Evans, Jeff Tuvey, Alan Langer, Andrew Johns, Brett Kamali, Stacey Jones, Ricky Stewart, and Craig Gower. That's a fantastic field, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I loved Johnny Simon as a player, but um, you can't argue with the 10 players that have been picked in, in that, uh, that, are, that people can vote for. Um, they, you can mount a case for a lot of those players to be the, mm. the top halfback of the era. There's, um, I think, one immortal on the list, but potentially uh, three or four or five future immortals. There's a future. lot of guys with very strong claims. Yeah, absolutely. And some Hall of Fame players as well. Some guys that are already in the Hall of Fame that, that, that I suppose uh, uh, have got the, you know, uh, uh, will be contenders for uh, future immortals as well.
we're almost at the end of this uh, podcast, but just a, a quick plug for what we've got coming up on uh, NRL TV, a few classic matches to sink your teeth into. Um, Wednesday night is Origin Night, um, a classic game, game one of 1998. Um, can't wait for that one. The uh, Thursday, uh, 30th of April, this is the uh, the fan-voted classic match, 2011, round 25, Manly v Melbourne. Brad, I think this was the famous Battle of Brookie from memory? Yeah, this that's... That's a game that'll be worth watching, won't it? That was, uh, yeah, that's a game that, that that's a rivalry has developed out of that, a modern day rivalry between the Storm and, uh, uh, and, and, and Manly. I suppose that rivalry was already there from their grand finals, but it went to, went to another level after that match. And just, you mentioned the origin game as well. The significance of that, first game of 1998, followed the Super League War. So that was the first game when all the, both, uh, New South Wales and Queensland were back at full strength with, uh, you know, the Super League players involved as well. So, um, yeah, there was there was a lot of expectation and anticipation around that. That's right. And um, classic match uh, going up on Friday night, uh, Bulldogs and Raiders, the major semi from 1994. You probably remember this one a little bit better than I do. Yeah, the uh, well, you know, that was that was a a great game. Became the um, that was they met again in the grand final a few weeks later on, but um, this was a this was a classic game too. That was a a great final series, and I, what I remember from 1994 is the North Sydney Bears were so close to making their first grand final in you know decades uh, and and fell short against the Raiders, who went on to play Canterbury. And um, Saturday, the Bundy Run Classic match, 1988, round one, Broncos v Sea Eagles. Now, if memory serves, that would have been Brisbane's first ever game in the New South Wales Rugby League. That was, and that was another great rivalry developed out of that game, Manly versus Brisbane. Um, that's yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game. Actually, that's I, I, off the top of my head, I can't really remember anything that happened in it, but um, just the the anticip- Brisbane Broncos first ever game. You can imagine how big that was. Absolutely. And uh, Sunday is grand final day. This weekend, it's the um, Telstra 2013 grand final between the Roosters and the Seagulls. This was a belter um, triumphant return for uh, Sonny Bill Williams to the NRL. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was a, that was a fantastic uh, end to his first season back, wasn't it? Just, you know, a fairy tale. And um, from memory, he, he just dominated that last 20 minutes and got the Roosters home when it looked like Manly were going to win. And uh, Daly Cherry Evans got, actually got the um, the uh, the Clive Churchill medal in controversial circumstances because the award was voted on when it appeared that Manly were going to win and uh, uh, you know the Roosters got him at the, got him late in the game. Absolutely. Well, it brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining us, Brad. And for everyone who's listening, thank you as well. Um, NRL.com will be back this time next week with another podcast. Hopefully there's a bit of uh, training to talk about. Yeah, it's really good to be actually just talking about footy, isn't it? And, and the, especially the prospect of footy um, being back in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a few training sessions and hearing some training stories. I'm sure we all are. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. 